John Levine and Nick Ashew, uh, the Super Bowl of Team Social Media people is going on right now, and that would be schedule release videos. The Chargers have once again, Sean, done an anime schedule release video with music and all kinds of animation. Are you an anime guy at all? Ever were you? Oh, are now? Were at some no, point? no. Yeah. Never, no, never will be. But the Chargers need to spend their time, you know, Winning football games. Their videos are great. I have watched. Oh, the last stop couple it! Of don't years, but... don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Well, they need to spend time working instead of doing. It's a social media team. They got nothing to do with what's on film. You Nerds. Know that. You're trolling. Nerds. You're trolling. You're trolling. Uh, real quick, Boston's up fifty to forty three at halftime over the Sixers. Jason Tatum, zero for ten with one point. There we go. What did I say? This is this has a chance to be another disappear for Jason Tatum game. It's about Jalen Brown, who's not great himself, four of ten with eleven. It's been about Marcus Smart. He's three of five from three, fifteen points in the first half. I don't think that keeps up in the second half, but we're seeing right now your guy James Harden, six points, three assists, three of ten, oh of four from three. So it's not a good shooting night for essentially everybody out there except Marcus Smart. And Tyrese Maxey, who's got 15, and he's 5 of 10 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3. Even Joel Embiid, 3 of 9 with 12 points. Maxey, try to tell you, on pace for back-to-back 30-point yep. games, he's turned into a borderline superstar. I do think he's the second-best player on this team, even ahead of James Harden, who has already chucked up 10 shots at halftime after a game where he only had 8. So I played the overs. All he had to do was get us to 21, Nick. That's it, 21. You would think... If all the only piece of information you knew is it's halftime and James Harden has taken ten shots, that'd be a good sign, right? No, six points for yeah. our guys. So Harden better pick it up. Philly better pick it up in the second half because if they don't close it out tonight, man, they ain't closing it out in Boston in Game Seven. No, it certainly doesn't feel that way. Uh, so we have the schedules. Obviously, everybody's out. Every team's is out. We're not going through every team because that's utterly ridiculous. But when looked at Monday Night Football, three doubleheaders throughout the season. Talked about that a little bit with Jason Lock and Four. If you missed that, it's on the podcast, including uh, something he said that was really interesting about the NFL's expansion internationally over the next few years and where they're going to go. Thursday Night Football is the other one now, right? No doubleheaders there. But you got the Vikings at the Eagles week two. That's how things open. It's not considered a Thursday Night Football game with the, your Chiefs and the, the – uh, the Lions week one, right? That doesn't, that's not branded as Thursday night football. It's just the season opener. So you got the Vikings at the Eagles week two, Giants at 49ers week three, then the Lions again on Thursday night football. That's the second. The Jets have two Monday night games. The Lions have two Thursday night games. Lions at the Packers. That's week four, which normally you think of that as the Thanksgiving game. Bears are at my commanders. I don't know why they brought this back for week five that was one of the ugliest football games on tv that's ever existed i don't know why they would torture everybody with that i guess you think (laughs) sam it's the sam howell effect i don't know what it is uh broncos chiefs week six i can't wait for that game i just hope that we have a good russell wilson in that and then jags at the saints bucks at the bills titans at the steelers panthers at the bears Bengals at the Ravens, Dolphins at the Jets. So the Jets, two Monday night, got a Thursday night game. Seahawks at the Cowboys, Patriots at the Steelers. And then uh, you'll have the – oh, and then that's it. Yeah, they literally scrolled in here and they added last year's games on here. That's really weird. I don't understand why that would show up on there. Long story short, all of that put together here. Monday night games, Thursday night games. What stands out to you? What's your favorite? What don't you like about what we've seen for those two primetime slots? 
Well, what stands out is now that Aaron Rodgers is on the Jets, it feels like a lot more eyeballs are going to be on them. Maybe they'll be better, maybe not, but they're certainly going to be must-see TV. And then feels like you've talked about the Lions a lot, opening the season against Mike Kansas yeah. City Chiefs. They've got a couple of primetime games. Are you a believer in the Lions? I'm looking right now at BetMGM. I don't know the last time the Lions were the favorite, the preseason favorite to win the division. Let me restate that. I don't know if the Lions have ever been the preseason favorite to win the division. And right now they are, according to BetMGM, they're plus 130. The Bears and the Vikings, both plus 325. Then you've got the Packers at 4-1. to one. So I think we're going to talk a lot about, as the rest of the show rolls on, how wide open a lot of these divisions are. I have no idea who's going to win that one. If anything, it almost feels like putting some money down on the Packers. I know we don't know anything about Jordan Love. I know there's a lot of questions now that Aaron Rodgers is in the AFC, but there's so many unknowns about that entire division. What do we really know about the Vikings? The Vikings were the – I've never seen a team with more wins that wasn't – like they were a fraud is what I'm trying to tell you last year. What do we know yeah. about Justin Fields? What do we know about the Lions? So that's a really interesting division. Are you a believer in Detroit? Here's the only thing. The NFC has very few teams. They can make the playoffs by default. I mean, they could win nine games and make the playoffs. So they are the fourth shortest odds to win the NFC because at this point, we're just trying to figure out, well, who comes in after the 49 That's crazy. And the Eagles. That's crazy. And that's what's... The, the Lions haven't made the playoffs in six years, and the Lions haven't won a playoff game in 31 years. And they've got now the fourth shortest odds to win the NFC, and they're in a million Whoa. primetime games. The other thing, too... There's no big names on the Lions right now. I mean, is Jared Goff their biggest star? Uh, is, I mean, is Jameer Gibbs, even though he hasn't played a game yet, does that become their biggest star? The biggest star for the Lions is Dan Campbell. And maybe it's just the Dan Campbell effect. The team bought in. They finished the season 8-2 and two last year. They roll down the stretch after a horrible start. Dan Campbell's now the favorite to be coach of the year this year, which is very reasonable. There's... I. I don't think that's the wrong thing to insert him as the favorite right now. But my God, we wouldn't be saying this about the Lions if the NFC wasn't just completely watered down to a bunch of scrub quarterbacks and teams that have nothing but question marks all around them. It does feel like they're due, right? You just bring up they haven't done this in 30 years and haven't won a playoff game. Maybe now is finally the time for the Detroit Lions, not just to win the division, but to make the noise in the NFC. Because when we brought on Lock and Four in the last segment, I think... I guess I just thought that everybody had the hierarchy of the NFC the same. I thought we all had the Eagles one. I thought we all had mm -hmm. San Francisco two. And Lock and Four was basically like, nah, it's a one-horse race. We got the Eagles, and then we've kind of got everybody else. So I say, why not the Lions and some of these teams we haven't gotten used to? I mean, listen, it's not, it's not crazy, but it just it's hard to fathom, right? And I think that's kind of the effect the Denver Nuggets have had this year, where – they looked like the best team in the West for a majority of the season, except for the way they kind of fell off at the end of the year. Yet at the same time, you're going Denver Nuggets NBA Finals, and it just doesn't – you can't get the words out. The sentence doesn't make sense right? because you haven't seen it. I mean, they went to the conference finals once with Carmelo Anthony. But, I mean, this is a team that's always had moments where they had – I mean, they had Allen Iverson and Carmelo Anthony on the same team. How'd that work out? They didn't get... But so you, that, that sticks in your head for a while, and it's kind of the same situation when you're talking about the Detroit Lions, who are one of the most dysfunctional losing franchises and one of the most highly suffering fan bases in the existence in sports. And now they actually are 
incredible. And it's just, I think it's hard for people to wrap their heads around that because their resume and their history tells you they're one way, but yet you're supposed to believe that they've changed, right? The friend that says he wants to settle down, he really wants to find a wife. Man, I'm tired of going out and do the same thing I did when I'm tw in my 20s. I'm 40 now, man. I can't tell you this anymore. I want to settle down. But all that resume, all that history says your friend's not going to settle down. He's going to find something to sabotage that relationship. I don't know. You know who was a wild man for a while and going out to the strip clubs and coming home at 3 o'clock in the morning? The Sacramento Kings. They could never find a wife. It That's was this true. lady and that lady and wherever That's they true. could get in. And all of a sudden, they don't just look like they're here for this year. Where don't forget, they had the second-best record, third-best record in the entire Western Conference. Yeah. But on top of that, I think they're going to be good for several years to come. So from a betting perspective, you got to figure out who that is early, right? Like, can you imagine if you were the guy that got in on the Kings early this year? Uh, next year, I'm going to tell you that a team like the Oklahoma City Thunder, I think, can make moves if we're talking about the NBA. But crossing back over to the NFL, I don't know, man. As we keep pointing out, there's not a lot of upper echelon teams in the NFC. Like, we would never be having this conversation about the Lions making any noise in the AFC. We'd tell you that the Chiefs are better, the Bills are better, Cincinnati's better, Baltimore's better. I could rip off seven or eight teams. But now that we're talking about the AFC, it's pretty wide open, man. So I think the Lions definitely have a seat at the table. And you're, and you're seeing that. And this is what's always a good gauge. It's why I say there are certain things with the schedule release day that give you an idea of where the NFL's headed, right? You can kind of see where the betting market is uh, for certain games with line movement, where the spread, whatever, right? That gives you an idea where the public's going, where sharps are going, where the money's going. You can read into that. You can read into what the NFL predicts in terms of popularity for certain teams. Are they going to be a draw? The Jets now go from Zach Wilson at quarterback and everybody else they threw out there last year to Aaron Rodgers with a young core that's actually really talented. They drafted really well. So they're throwing them in prime time everywhere they can. At home, too. The Lions, another team that gets that opportunity, gets that jump. And as you start looking down, you're seeing more yeah, Bengals and Jaguars. That's going to be a Monday night football game. Remember how often we would talk about Thursday night football and go, oh, my God, they're giving us the Jags again. Oh, Jags and Bengals. Oh my. You now have to look and say, have both organizations turned that corner? The Bengals definitely have. The Jags took that first step last year. And now this is a season where the expectations for them are going to be a lot higher. So they actually host the Bengals uh, week week 13, December 4th, Monday Night Football, the Jags hosting the Bengals. And that is going to be one of the top 10 games of the season this year. You're right. It doesn't sound right. But then I think about it for a minute, and I'm like, that's yep. a great game. Bengals and Jaguars, as a Chiefs fan, to me, those are the two and three biggest threats to the Chiefs throne right now when you talk about Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence. So I've never said this in my life, but I'll definitely be watching that Bengals-Jaguars game. Can't wait for it. It's just, it's crazy to think. I, it really is. And Joe Burrow is the favorite to win MVP. Well, tied with, with Patrick Mahomes. It almost feels like this is Burrow's year, right? You get some more of these primetime games. Mahomes has had his opportunities. You kind of feel like Burrow's the next guy up. Josh Allen maybe has missed the boat. He's plus 750 right now. You're seeing a lot of love for the Bengals, and you're seeing a lot of love for the Jags, and the Chiefs obviously are getting it. I feel like there's a little less with the Bills this time around. A lot of love lost for the Bills. A lot of love lost for Josh Allen. A lot of fumbles lost for Josh Allen, too. This is very true. This is very true.